Feel the wrath of Mr. Gnome. Do you feel it? The wrath of Mr. Gnome? Welcome to Hey Guys Podcast. I grew up this is Liam and we have guest Dave as we do every Christmas. Guest Dave. We have guest Dave. <laughs> right. Welcome guest Dave. <laughs> I have no intro as you can tell this week. But after the last two shoddy Christmas choices, Ooh. we have a really good Christmas, Christmas choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week we watched Turbo Kid 2015 set in the future of 1990s. The post-apocalyptic future of 1997. The Canadian post-apocalyptic the Cana- future of yeah. 1997, yes. Uh, sorry, that's my intro. So let's get straight, <laughs> <laughs> let's get straight into the film. Uh, I think it's fucking fantastic. Before you get into the film, I'd just like to say thank you for inviting me back into a really high budget, high quality film as I'm usually invited into. So yeah, yeah, we we always pick. Yeah. Oh no, in fairness, what was last year? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon was oh, last year, and we had uh, you, we, you came back for Total Recall as well. I think. Oh, come on, Total Recall yeah. and Lethal Weapon. I mean, yeah, Red Red Dawn was. Uh, oh, Red Dawn, Red Dawn was yeah. Scorch, but yeah, uh, yeah. to be fair, I mean, I, I'm not sure if anyone else has written down the the budget. It wasn't. Highly budgeted, sixty thousand dollars. I know, but it they, does show for an entire film. They did a lot, mind with sixty thousand dollars. It's great. Did you notice, Liam? I wanted to ask you. I watched this with Dave a couple of days ago, so he he, he heard my joke. Did you notice Rufio in the film? No, I didn't. What from uh, Hook? Yeah, <laughs> no. So uh, Michael Ironside's second in command is wearing that gold breastplate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Rufio. Rufio. Oh well, he had show. He was. A, he was one of those I mean, I'm taking a piss. It's really not Rufio, but she I mean, looks. I mean, like I mean, it's Ruf- not him. Oh, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a whole thing about like Rufio was one of those child actors where, like, in what 1993 or whatever it was when Hook was made, he was like so cool and he was like the handsome yeah. kid. And then you they go, they have those kind of like callbacks, don't they? Where they like they get the cast back together and you see Rufio now and go, oh, what happened? What's Rufio's real name? As it turns out, no Rufio turns out to be a really beautiful woman. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, there we go. There we go. Sorry. Rufio uh, Dante Basco. Is that his real name? Yeah, and he's done a lot of voice acting in Jesus the last Christ. Stuff. It's almost like we wish we were recording Hook instead. <laughs> no, we're stuck with Rufio. Uh, Rufio. The, the most Christmas movie of all time. But no, it's it's a strange film. Um, obviously, you guys, I don't think it's any surprise, you guys both love this film. I, I wouldn't go as far as say I love it, but I've never been so conflicted about a movie. Maybe in my whole life, in terms of when I was watching... Usually, I think, like, once I'm, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes into a movie, I've got a pretty good idea about how I feel about it. With this, I still wasn't sure. And now that I've seen the whole film, I'm still, still not 100% <laughs> sure. I, do, I made a bold claim last week. At the end of our episode, I made a bold claim. I want to know if it's true. I said, no matter how you feel about the film, I think you'll fall in love with Apple. Oh, one hundred percent. That that is my fi- what, probably my favorite character in the film. No, one hundred percent my favorite character in the film. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy to fall in love with Apple. And what I loved about it is because again, I, I went to this film not knowing anything about it. And you think like with all these movies nowadays, there's what's that trope? It's like the manic dream pr- pixie girl. Yeah, you know, I always think of like Zoe Deschanel in like uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer and stuff like that. These girls who like every geek falls in love with, but doesn't actually exist. And I love in this film that you're like, well, this girl's too perfect. It's like a dystopian future. Her hair is fucking faultless. She's so fun. She's so adorable. But she doesn't exist because she's actually a fucking robot. And I thought, like, when I found out she was a robot, I was like, oh, that's genius. Because I genuinely had that issue. It was like, she's too nice. She's too adorable. This isn't going to work. When I found out she was a robot, I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And allows you to get away with the manic dream pixie girl because she doesn't exist unless, of course, she's actually a robot. I, I saw something, right... She is 
probably the, the second biggest character within the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. I, I didn't realise this was a thing. Have you ever heard of the Bechdel test? No. No. We so weren't this, expecting this. Yeah, no, this God. sounds a little bit sciencey yeah, for my taste. I mean, I, I didn't come along to pass a fucking test. I mean, we've no, no, no. had a couple of drinks here, yeah, buddy. So this, this isn't technically about the film, mm-hmm. but I, as I was reading up about the film, the Bechdel test is uh, something about anything in a film where there are less women within the film, mm-hmm. and if there isn't two women who talked to each other about anything other that isn't men. And I look back oh, at yeah, this yeah. film, there is only two women in the film. Yeah, There's Rufio. Apple and Rufio. Yeah. They don't talk to each other. No. Other than this, it's all just white men fighting. It. And I know this is post-apocalyptic and things, but I thought that was quite an interesting thing, that there aren't any women and they don't talk to each other about anything. No. Well, no, but the thing is, that, that, that is the point. Like, you have that issue in a lot of movies. But in this, it kind of get away, gets away with it again because she's a robot. You're like, oh, she's too perfect. She's too adorable. But again, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter that she's only obsessed with guys because she was built that way. I know why you love the mind. And okay. I'm, again, making bold claims all the time. I know why you loved her. It's because her heart monitor was from uh, Legend of Zelda. That did it? help. That did help. That was very <laughs> yeah. cool. So when you see her heart monitor, Dave, it's from uh, the, one of the Legend of Zelda games. Uh, I'm not sure if you were a gamer. It's back in basically the all the Zelda games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They always have the hard thing. But yeah, like, um, is it Lawrence Leboeuf? I'm not sure if I've typed that down right. Yeah. But she is... I no think, relation to Shia, by the way. No, 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 yeah. whatsoever. But I think she probably is the star of this film. Because obviously, outside of the, you know, the obvious star, I quote-unquote, I will do air quotes for stars, but everyone else is pretty much unknown. Yeah, Monroe Chambers is really unknown. Uh, who plays Turbo Kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the uh, Who has the best name in any film I've ever seen. Is it Frederick the Arm Wrestler? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, like, yeah cool. that, that's the best hero name I've ever heard. He's a bit pony, but we'll yeah, he is. Like, yeah. And he is just delivering, I guess, just trope after trope after trope of speech. Stereotypical. Yeah, just yeah. everything. And then yeah. uh, Michael Ironside. And right. then, You've got Michael Ironside, who is the obvious uh, Hollywood eye-catcher to try and bring some precedence to the film. But, yeah. you know... Other than that, there is nobody, is no, there? No, and that's, I mean, 60 grand, you would have thought, you would have thought would get you Michael Ironside. That's your budget. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have no idea where they pulled money out from. But to be fair, as, as much as like, yeah, okay, this film isn't a Christmas choice. The reason why I chose this film is because we're releasing this episode after Christmas. And I really wanted to get Dave's thoughts on this film as well, because we watch a lot of stuff. Uh, randomly outside of this stuff that nobody has ever heard of I mean go and watch Rubber if you've never heard you've I have actually seen Rubber yeah. Rubber is insane but I mean that that's a, an acid dream if anyone's ever made a film yeah right yeah. there but I mean when, this film when, when you guys said oh we want to do this I was like of course you guys want to do this of course <laughs> I mean I was aware of this movie going into it but it wasn't one I felt compelled to watch and despite my I do have issues with this film I am glad I watched it yeah because at, at the my first issue with this film is that when I when I think of a lot of these films which try and go back and do like quote-unquote 80s movies, everything is done with a, a nod and a wink. And as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't work. And that was my concern. And there was an element of that at the start. And what I think of when I think of these films are stuff like The Expendables, which should have been absolute money for me. 
I didn't like the Expendables, again, because they didn't film like an 80s film. It was too self-aware of the fact that it was trying to be an 80s film. Yeah. Something like um, Snakes on a Plane, where it's trying to do that kind of like high-concept 80s thing. But again, it's too winky, too knowing. The reason that I love 80s films when we go back to them is because there's a... So even like It's obvious time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not just that, but these super violent films, but they're done with this like weird sense of innocence. Like Everything is just so straight down. Like, there's no winking or anything. They're just like, we thought this was the bomb. And... I mean, I know you didn't like Christmas Vacation last year, <laughs> but if we take like John Hughes as an example, John Hughes films wouldn't work nowadays because you couldn't do it with that same sense of innocence. Everything would be far too knowing. You know, if you, you know, going back and watching, say, Breakfast Club now, it can be a bit of an experience. Yeah. But if you watch it through like an 80s lens, there's a certain charm to it. And the fact of the matter is that film will never be made again in that kind of format. And with this, I thought there was going to be a lot of winking and nodding and all that jazz. But then as you watch it, you're like, no, it's just pure homage. Like, they, they never make fun of themselves. They take it all seriously in their own way. Do you know, it feels like... Way, sorry. I don't know if you two have ever watched this. There's a, a film called, I think it's called Prayer of the Solar Babies. Or it might just be called Solar Babies. It's, do you know who Jason Patrick is? Yeah, yeah. So Jason Patrick, uh, it was a film set in 1988. Uh, it was filmed, sorry, in 1987, I think. Same as uh, when this was meant to be set. Oh, no, sorry, it was 1997. But it's about, uh, there's no water in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a bunch of, they're, they're run by a corporation, kind of like what this film is. But they all play this really weird sport on rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's about them going away. And what I liked about this was the fact that everything is set. The main transportation in this is BMX's. Which is like, fucking awesome. But it so kind awesome. of... It, it is awesome. And the violence, I think, is is not 80s. In, I think the violence might... I do have an issue with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that goes a bit... But the whole, like, the future is everything's on BMX, which I get. I mean, if, if the future is post-apocalyptic... I mean, the well, ca- I guess the, the cowboy on a BMX... Yeah, that kind of takes... It loses a lot it of It takes its, a lot uh, of the luster yeah. out of it. Especially when you're dragging along Michael Lyon's side on some weird... Uh, rickshaw. Yeah. And then the cowboy's on his sidecar... Uh, BMX and the whole like chase sequence when you get the chase sequence and it's just done really really slowly because apparently these guys have just learned to ride a bike now it kind of takes you away from it but I still love that they've gone full pelt for this they thought you know what this is what the film is I'm going to go for it and I'm going to and I I fucking I love that well that's the thing like oh sorry I I, I was just going to say that the the thing as soon as it started the thing that caught me which I've seen this film a couple of times that I never noticed the first time was it's a very unique collaboration. It's a Canadian New Zealand film. <laughs> it's, so the fact it's that ridiculous. it's it, it's two opposite sides of the planet, and I never noticed. You do hear Australian voices within. Oh yeah, yeah especially at the, the beginning. Yeah. You know, you can hear it there, and then all of a sudden, it's very. What, what I would assume was an American film, but it's a Canadian film. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it, well, I actually thought the intro. I wasn't sure if like the parody and the pastiche started there yeah. because there were so many of those companies at the start when you start <laughs> the film the same thing. it's ridiculous you know like I, I think Wait there was back time yeah. there was, it was like a Simpsons episode where they go to the cinema and they keep thinking the film started but yeah. it's just another production company and it just kept coming and coming I was like have all of fucking Canada been involved in this film it's absolutely well, ridiculous well it's a 60 grand film at the end of the day so they needed they help they took the help well did they take like a tenner off every company it was absolutely I'm assuming so, so. <laughs> right, so can I ask in, in regards to the film Bernie Arm Wrestling you can only do that once per hand can't you well you can only do it once per hand before you get burnt 
I'd yeah. imagine there are people go, yeah. with terribly mangled backhands. <laughs> it's, it's like, what, yeah. what is it, Jackass 3, where they put that brand on Bam Majera's ass, but they keep fucking up the, the <laughs> brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, because so, you saw that guy, he had the perfect brand. The, yeah. the, uh, so I guess that's the, the guard. I guess that means that's the first time he's lost. Yeah. So if you've got a hand that's got multiple burns all over the back of it, it just yeah. means you're you've shit arm wrestler. I mean, you're not going to beat a guy called Frederick the Arm, the arm wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, 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 it's kind of in the name. You're <laughs> Like, geez, this could be an uphill battle. Yeah, but like you said, like I suppose you could just keep getting your hands burned, but yeah. eventually you just want to give up and be like, all right, I'm actually pretty shit at this. You'd be, you be Dave the mangled hand Yeah, if you're like, trying to bet on it and you show up and he's like, oh, I'm going to arm wrestle you and his hand is literally yeah. just burned to shreds. It's like, yeah, and I'm going to well, fucking then, take yeah, this dude. Would yeah. you rather play Bernie arm wrestling or Blender Fire arm wrestling? Oh, I, oh, I, that, that was brilliant. <laughs> the, the way he was so angry that the fire wasn't fiery enough. Yeah. Him. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, well, that was one of the things with, with this film. It was like, like you said, I had that issue at the start that I wasn't sure what kind of tone they were going for. We're, you know, I referred to the whole the fact that you know, despite the fact that this is a parody, that it is a pastiche and stuff like that. The reason I think it ultimately works and why I was eventually won over to it is that it never makes fun of the source material, yeah. and I think that is the essential thing. And I think that's why other films of this ilk have failed is yeah. that they go back and they're making fun of the 80s this never did it's it's knowing of course it can't help but be anything but but the fact that it celebrates everything like in terms of the movie as ridiculous as it is it always takes it seriously yeah. there's never like the kid for instance is always taking the role seriously Michael Einstein is always play is as big as he's playing the villain he's never winking at the screen he's yeah. playing it like an 80s film and I love the fact that like you say it's set in 1997 but in this world where we assume that the apocalypse happened in 1988 say so pop culture just died that day so everything that still exists come like it all stopped it? in 1988 yeah, yeah. what's that what's that thing he's got on his neck that I, I can never remember what they're called the, oh, the, uh, is the it Clinical Vision thing, or whatever yeah. they're called oh yeah. the, the slide viewer yeah 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 well that's yeah. a perfect like don't be when I was watching this film I was like this isn't so much uh, a powder or a pastiche of 80s movies so much as a love letter to 80s culture yeah. there are don't get me wrong I've got a list here of all the movies it nods to but above all else it's just like remember the 80s they were fucking dope Wait, like, like you said the slide viewer the, the power glove the, 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 writer, thing. the writers made a thing about it didn't they with the the, the, the dinosaurs it, yeah apparently they, they were they had the dinosaur images quite a lot. They had it with the ColecoVision or whatever it was called. Yeah. And then they they were down... <laughs> ColecoVision? Wasn't that like a I console? That is. I don't fucking know. I think ColecoVision's a console. Right. It is a well, slide viewer. The slide viewer. Okay. They had it with the slide viewer. And then there was dinosaurs down by the um, the ro robot uh, grave and everything. And then... <laughs> robot grave? Which is... Well, we'll get to that. Okay, well, okay, we'll okay, get okay. down there. But yeah, they... The dinosaurs seem to come up quite a lot, yeah. but from what I was reading, they, for some reason they decided they'd used dinosaurs too much, and they had to put like a, a ban on using the word dinosaur from that point on. Was it just because dinosaurs were just considered cool in the 80s? I don't know. Or there was just a lot of them around Montreal where they were filming, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing, the fact that it's filmed in Montreal, like, I've, I've again, another geography thing, I've been to Montreal and it, it's it's a little bit... Welcome to Geography by Liam. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you can never tell because it's obviously filmed off in the middle of nowhere, but the the three, and this is a weird thing about this film, there's three directors. It's Anik Whistle, Francois Simard, and Johan Carl Whistle. And they're known, and it is a little bit douchey, as RKSS, Roadkill Superstars. They're, I've never heard of a directorial trio before, uh, but it kind of works for this film. 
But other than this, they haven't done much else. I mean, they've done Summer of 84, which I haven't watched, admittedly. But they did a, a Ninja Eliminator TV short. I'm not sure if you guys ever watched that. No. It's basically like a four-minute long trailer of just a love letter to kind of like old-fashioned um, ninja films. And that one is also filmed in Montreal, but it's filmed very clearly in Chinatown. So that was quite fun. That I could go like, I've been there. I know exactly where they are. But this... Yes, it's filmed in Montreal, but it could be anywhere. Because they really, like you said, the budget is what? 60,000, you said? 60K for yeah, yeah. whole movies. Well, they, ju- they, they they film the majority of it in a field. But, you know, I, when you consider, yes, it's a little bit chintzy, but the special effects and certainly the kills are quite impressive. They found uh, some kind of quarry. And, yes. You know, they, they've obviously done different shots from different sides of the very and same quarry. I do love it. You know, it was brilliant. But it, to be honest, the film didn't, Lack for that, you know, no. it wasn't. No, they, in the same way, you never the just first thought, Mad "Oh my Max god, film. they're just standing in the same field all the time." And you right. need a quarry because, let's be clear, a lot of this is a love letter yeah. to BMX bandits. So you need jumps. Yeah, that's but, what but the, the small, I could make those jumps. <laughs> the art director or the art designer in this film needs a medal because what he could make out of cardboard, when you could see Michael Lyons or Zeus's. Headquarters. Every time it showed that, it looked like Skull Mountain. From, that was a miniature yeah. right in front of the yeah, camera. Right? That was made out of yeah, cardboard. Yeah. That was, but it looked like like you would see Skull Mountain from uh, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, but like the that. reason again that worked though is because they could have gone the easy way there of going, oh look, it's clearly fake. But they do just enough to go. No, we're taking this seriously. Okay. We're, like we don't yeah. have the budget, so we we kind of accept brilliant. the fact that it's it does okay. look shit. But I think a, another film might have gone like, oh, well, let's just make fun of it and go, oh, look, it's clearly a fake. They never do that. And that, again, I think that's the reason this works. But, I mean, we mentioned the fact that it's cost 60000 How much went to Michael Ironside? I mean, yeah, I know yeah. he's not an A-lister, but Jesus 100%. Christ. He literally... Like, Half the budget has to go to that guy. So I just did a quick... It's 67000 So I'm assuming sixty went to him and 7000 went to the film. Well, they, they but he didn't lack for that. You know I mean? No, exactly. I just, no one's going into this film thinking it's going to be an Iron Man or anything like that. It's all going to be CGI. Yeah. It's not that type of film. And it's all on quite a budget location in a quarry or in a field, that yeah. type of thing. So, you know, they found some abandoned things and I think that's enough. You can make... It's, again, it's, it's not going to be an Oscar-winning film and that's not why we're watching it. This is quite obviously a B-movie. Yeah. But that's got... It's just part of its charm, isn't it? Yeah, when it celebrates it, doesn't it? And uh, like... Again, there were parts, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm probably going to be a touch more critical of this film than you guys. There were times in this film when it felt like a well-budgeted university project. There's only <laughs> two ways about it. And I was just like, you know, I think the directors are fine. I don't think it's a brilliantly made movie. And I know you can always look back at the budget, but you think of, and I won't list off examples, but there are fantastically well-made movies made for a, you know, a similarly limited yeah, amount. Yeah. I don't think this is a brilliantly made film. It's it's made with love, quite clearly, but it does feel like a university project to me at times. Admittedly, a well-made one, and it is very charming. There's probably a reason that these guys haven't gone on to make a whole bunch of films, because I, I, I'm not convinced that they're necessarily the best filmmakers in the no. world. You know, in the same way you think of, like... Um, was it Aliens vs. Predator Requiem is a perfect example. Yeah. If you go and watch that film, it's clearly made by two people, because I think, again... I'm wondering where he's going with this. Well, yeah, it's me two too. directors 
who love the source material. They tick every box when they make Aliens vs. Predator Requiem as a fan. You know, because you always get fans online always getting upset. It should be this, it should be that. On paper, Aliens vs. Requiem has everything you would want as a quote-unquote fan. However, the two guys who made it are also shite directors. <laughs> and that's the problem. And I, they've made yeah, a rubbish yeah. film. No, this, it, this is better than that. They, had, really they had a boatload of cash. Yeah, they did. And but, made... a pretty weak film this is a weak film with absolutely no cash but a pretty yeah it's, it's like you said it's, it's, it's a love story it's, it's a pleasant little I don't think they're shit directors I don't think no, I, no, yeah. no 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 I'm just be clear I don't think they're, they're, they're shit directors that, that, that sounds very harsh I just think they're okay directors but the reason this works isn't because I think they're especially gifted directors I think they've just poured so much love into this yeah. they, and they've got so much kind of fondness for clearly 80s cinema and 80s culture it all kind of falls out on screen and as I said the big thing is that they get the tone right they did a lot with the cash we keep going back to that money yeah Yeah, and that's a massive part of it do you know what this film showed us that we already know in our own lives duct tape fixes everything yeah that is pretty cool like duct tape made the gnome stick like fucking indestructible (laughs) duct tape makes the double hammer (laughs) <laughs> that double hammer. Well, one of one of our favourite TV shows of all time, uh, Burn Notice. Yeah, he was an absolute legend of a man who could kill anyone, do anything he wanted, and he always said, "Weapons can save you, but duct tape makes you smart." And that is, that yeah. is a, a well, I mean, he, he managed to fix Apple with duct tape. He took her head. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He, he just taped her on head a on mannequin. Yeah, yeah. He taped her up, and she was like, "Yeah." Fine, I'm happy days now. But even then, they, they don't really play it for laughs. No. Uh, I think it's that commitment tone that allows, say, Unicorn... Uh, sorry, Apple at one point to show up on a Unicorn BMX. <laughs> I do apologize. And when she does, it's an oddly sweet scene. It's yeah. not... It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel forced. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's what Apple would do. There's your female-to-female interaction. She stabs Rufio with a, a unicorn. Oddly sexual. Yes. Which I'll be honest with you, I found there were quite a lot of sexual moments in this film, and and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Do you mean sucking all the juices out of a person? I mean, there's plenty of them, and like, uh, like I said to Wes at the time, uh, when you've got a thing on your arm that is in need of some kind of energy, I mean, that guy is basically tugging himself until that thing's full, right? I mean, that is, that is motion you, it's capture. It's his power glove. His power, power glove. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, he, he is uh, motion capturing everything he needs. Blow by blow yeah, as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if he was able to just go back home, put his used chewing gum away. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. then, uh, yeah, give himself some, I guess, alone some time. Alone time yeah, some yeah. turbo kid time. Then that would be charged to no end. Well, that's the thing that, like, I actually like when I when I was watching this film. Like, one thing, like you say, there's a sexual overtones kind of thing, and a big part of it is the violence, for instance. Yeah, I actually thought this film might have been better if it was a PG, bizarrely. Do you because, yeah, because I, I was like, I was watching it, and the the violence is fine. I actually feel like it, it's slightly out of place, I and mean, I think this film is at its best. When it's being quite sweet, I almost think when he kind of leans into because obviously if you're doing an '80s homage in any you know kind of way, you're obviously going to have your Amblin moments. And when I think of that, like my favorite scene, I'm going to jump ahead here slightly, is the playground scene with the kids and um, Apple when and he first meets her. Or? When they kind of like they have their first kind of proper interaction okay, yeah. together, kind of thing, and, and they're looking at the guy. stars and stuff oh, like no, that. Okay, yeah. And like 
in that moment, when it was just kind of leaning purely into kind of a very sweet 80s movie, I thought that was when it was at its best. And when then, like two minutes later, you get like, let's be clear, the violence is utterly ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not sure if that necessarily fits into this film. I don't hate it, but I was like, I, I actually think this film might have been better if it had been a PG. So you mean you you want to get rid of the whole human centipede I mean, the, body on body. The human, yeah, <laughs> human maybe, totem maybe. pole yeah. was the funniest thing I think I've seen in a long time. I, it was it was weird at the end. I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it no, is it really absolutely hysterical. You know right. So this film was filmed after a five-minute concept trailer was made called Tears for Turbo. And Tears for Turbo is absolutely insane. It's all French Canadians... Speaking, what I can only gather is their native tongue, so they're being dubbed. <laughs> yeah, so they're, so they're being dubbed. But then a lot of the concept that you get from that Tears for Turbo five minute trailer is put into this film. The, the so, trailer's terrible. The t- I mean, we, we watched it after the film, straight after the film, and it is not good. It was I like mean, a proof of concept. Yeah, yeah. so you get the, is, you get the, uh, as you, you called it, the human totem pole. Yeah, you yeah. get the turbo glove, things like yeah, that. Yeah, you'd yeah, watch yeah. that and. At no point would I ever think, I would stick some money to that to make an actual film. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it is exactly the same as the film. So it's it, it's an odd thing to look at. Because you think, there's so many parts of this that actually make the film. Yeah, yeah. But it's so bad. Oh, I guess they got on such you would, you would laugh that at that point. and think, yeah, yeah. just get out, get out of my room. Well, but it is, it is, you know, that is exactly what the film is. And, you know, they, they ended up making what I think is a perfectly good movie out of it so it, I guess that's, you, I, you, need, yeah, a that's of, thing. you not... need a bit of vision don't you you need, yeah, yeah. you need to look at these things and think there is something in here yeah let's get, get some writers in and maybe you know, move the story along a little bit yeah and I'm what not... I love about sorry mate no, no, what sorry. I love about these films is they're different I, I love and yeah okay they're different you think you look at 80s what was that uh, was it Red no it wasn't Red Dawn there was a a a fucking Patrick Swayze film set from the 80s mm-hmm. where he was a nomadic warrior trying to find water. Do you remember this film? Trying to find water? Yeah. It With was Patrick a, Swayze? Patrick Swayze. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, was it real? Steel Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. Okay. Steel Dawn. Uh, Patrick Swayze. Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. I've seen Red Dawn. Yeah, Red Dawn or real steel. But you get Steel, <laughs> steel Dawn. Dawn. There we go. Uh, and it's Patrick Swayze as a nomadic warrior trying to find water and going up against people that control the water, which is basically what we have here. But I, I, I love the fact that it's just, it's, it's different and it's odd and it's just, it's fucking nuts. And it's not, I wouldn't even say it's like odd because like it is just, it brings up, it's just little bits of a million films you, you've seen before. It's lots of things. Well, like, I, I mean, I made a list here of all the films I think it references, whether on purpose or by accident. And Start with Steel do, Dawn because it's definitely Steel, Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. I don't, I don't have that on the list, but then I've never seen that movie. <laughs> but the obvious one obviously being Mad Max. There's definitely not a Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Cyborg, again, even if it's unintentional, is definitely in there. Yeah. BMX Bandits goes up <laughs> saying, I mean, I've got stuff like the Nez Power Glove, but that's more of a kind of 80s thing. But I love the Power Glove. Yeah, it's very it's- so rad. <laughs> so rad. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is playing of that. Escape from New York. Uh, Soil and Green. Is Soil and Green. Yeah. Green, yeah. Uh, the, the water. The water, yeah. the water is people. Why did you see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre? The, one of the characters like at the end is clearly like a... The Skull not, Dude. No, not the Skull Dude. There's another dude. Because <laughs> they're fighting like a bunch of guys at the end. 
And one of the, I'm not sure if he actually has a chainsaw, but he has that kind of okay. Texas chainsaw masculine like, look. I mean, how <laughs> you're all about killings at the end. How do you kill somebody with a parasol? Well, I, I, I have no idea, but that, that is the thing. Apparently it's quite sweet. Well, yeah, I've got that down as a note. I was like, why, why is it like the parasol scene is incredibly <laughs> violent, but somehow quite sweet. And I, to be honest, I've only seen this film once, and for the love of God, I can't remember why I typed that. But I assume it has something to do with Apple because she's adorable. The, the but thing she's written, is, though, I mean, like Mad Max, it's, it's written all over, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a wasteland, yeah. you know, they've all got makeshift weapons and things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. What was the other ones you were saying? Big Trouble, Cyborg. Big Trouble. I mean, yeah. the hats. That, yeah, yeah, I mean, the hats. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, Short of him shooting laser, not laser, uh, like Lightning. thunder out of his fingers. I mean, 100%. He was the red-headed stepchild of Papa Wastebasket Head, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. be fair. Like, yeah. you, you had those three who went to Big Trouble in Little China and this dude goes to Turbo Kid. Yeah. Like, he had that weird face mask. Yeah. Because you, I think you said it perfectly as well. Big Trouble Little China, but it was a crap, like, there was a little bit of Raiden in him as well. He, yeah. Well, that's very basically beginning. exactly it's the same. very Raiden yeah, looking, yeah. you know, it's, it's that hat. Well, yeah, it? I mean, Raiden's just a rip-off of Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. But, I, you know, they've got the, the whole karate kid thing as well with Strike Hard, Strike First. That's basically just well, that was, you said, Yeah, Dave, you said that. That is fucking, that is so uh, Cobra Kai. It's ridiculous. Oh, 100%. But, yeah. I mean, but the, the thing I mean, is, they, they don't even try and hide that. Like, they, they've got it perfectly. Strike First, Strike Fast, Show No Mercy. Eyes, throat, genitals. Yeah. Okay, I mean, the eyes, throat, know, genitals is added on. You know, that, you know, that I mean, wasn't I, I including think, I think the first three and the second three, they all match up yeah, perfectly. But that's how I'm approaching any fight I ever go in from now on. <laughs> right? Being a nearly 40-year-old man who lives in suburban Cardiff, I don't think I'm going to be having many fights. But... If I do end up in a fight, eyes, throat, genitals is probably where I'm going. It's a pretty good shout. Yeah. It's pretty, and the, the thing is, that is like one of the things with this film. I wasn't expecting to be quite as violent as it was. And I do think sometimes the, the overt kind of violence and I, I, whatever, body, body horror, whatever you call it, does make up for the fact that it's not particularly well choreographed. I don't want to keep shitting on the it's directors. It's not, no, it's, it's, it's not, not amazingly well choreographed. No. And most of it, I'm, I can't tell if it's played for laughs or not. Some of it is, some of it isn't. Like like you said, there's the parasol scene. The bike scene is pretty fucked up when they pull out his Oh, when they pull out... What's his name? Bagu? But the problem is with it is like they're pulling it out and he's obviously pulling a face. That was one of those moments yeah. where it's like, it's not quite funny enough to work on a comedic level. It's not quite violent enough to kind yeah. of have that visceral impact. And it kind of sat in this kind of middle ground where that it didn't thing, work at either level. What took me out of that was not the fact that they were pulling his intestines out. was the fact that shouldn't rat tails be in the back of your head? Not, not on the, the side yeah, of yeah, your yeah, head. Yeah, you yeah. Right also, taking it, going away from the film, how dare you call me an odd sock wanker when you're wearing flamingos? What's the matter with my fling bang? I mean, they, they... I'm really sorry for bringing that up. Yeah. Sorry, halfway through that conversation, I noticed Liam has flamingos all over his socks. Yeah, but they're, they're on both socks. I mean, they're pretty cool. <laughs> on both I socks. I think they're pretty cool. I, I think mean, they're pretty cool. I mean, where's all Rob or how, however you know him? In suitably cunty manner. He's <laughs> like, it's he will not socks wear as always. He just won't wear matching socks. Yeah, so. but I've said this argument so many times. I... Uh, Welcome to the sock podcast. Uh, the <laughs> fact that I'm wearing, you, I'm wearing, they're both the same goddamn sock. If you get a hole in one sock, you're a wasteful cunt and you get rid of those socks. No, Whereas you're, I keep you're them an both. Animal. And you're, you're just an a cunt. Absolute well, animal. I am, yeah. To, to bring us back yeah, into the kids, what you were saying about the violence, I, I love the innovation of the weapons. Yes. Right? So, yes. So the breeze block. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer yeah. is brilliant. I mean, that is, that is just making best of what you have why the do thing, you think the thing I love about it is 
it's post-apocalyptic. There are no guns anymore. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's used well, their weapons. For, but apart from yeah. Ironside, obviously he's he's the boss. He's the one with the leftover whatever he's got. You know, he's looked like a Luger. But I mean, the Luger. I mean, it looked yeah. like a Lego gun. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. But um, you know, I love that. I mean, the gnome stick. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna make a weapon, he had a baseball bat, and it wasn't a whole baseball bat. I'd take that. But would would you really sell a tape unknown to it I mean, to it make that a cool, better weapon? Look around. Look what you're looking. At. I mean, logic dictates you sharpen that into some really big shiv, don't you? I mean, I'd but, leave it as it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good weapon. But I mean, he found a gnome randomly and duct taped it on. But then he made himself a boomerang hammer. Yeah. And actually, speaking of boomerangs, and he also has a fucking bitching. Like machete. Yeah, like nobody machete. else seems to have anything else. I think Gabe might be the first person to use bitching, bitching. without it being Didn't like somebody a bitching machete. <laughs> Didn't somebody chuck like from like Crawl the Conqueror or whatever it was? Didn't somebody chuck a razor blade three pronged boomerang at him at one oh, point? Yeah, which he just yeah, literally yeah. to beat it off. Yeah, because it, yeah. it weighed about. Three ounces because it was made of foil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, like that, that thing with Michael Ironside, and we will have to talk about Michael Ironside in a little bit. But the fact that he's the boss, and that was one of the things I took from this film, is that it felt like an adaptation of a video game that doesn't exist. This film felt so much like a video game, especially when they were like, like taping weapons together. Mm. You see that in video games all the time, and I'm almost like, I would love it to be the other way around. Like, I enjoyed this film, sure. But do I want to see a video game adaptation? Obviously, we'll get to the video game section at the end. But I would love a Wasteland version of this video game where you travel around on BMX, you level up your BMX, you can create your own weapons, and you charge up your Turbo Kid shit. (laughs) It's a perfect world to to work as a video game. Sometimes I was almost like, it feels... Like they've just taken a video game concept. There's more video game into for a yeah. film. Oh yeah, 100%. Taking, it feels so video gamey at times. It's ridiculous. Taking masturbation, even to the fact that he has to power up his his gun. That's it. Like Take, some... Taking masturbation aside, how is that <laughs> for char- once? Yeah. How is that charging up? Like how? It where, doesn't make any where's sense. the power source? Well, it's the same from? thing in Demolition Man, isn't it? He's got a he's got oh, a that gun. The phaser gun. That you can shoot it once, yeah. and you've got to wait for it to charge again yeah. because it's that powerful. And and I guess that's what it is, isn't it? It's all about energy. We don't know how it's charging. It's eighties energy. Well, that well, that's the thing. And maybe you guys cancel this because obviously I've only seen this film once. Who was Turbo Dude? The guy he took the suit from. And so stuff. they were. Uh, from what I can gather, they uh, they were uh, like an army. It wasn't just one guy. Yeah, it was like an army of two set to fight the robot uprising. Yeah. And obviously the robots won, and this dude just crash landed, and his and he's, he got buried, died. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a, it was it wasn't just one guy; it was just an army of. But uh, in order to, I guess, propaganda, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. get the comic book, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So that's where I'm 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 leaning towards that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the yeah, comic book at the end says, "Be a hero, become a soldier." Yeah, yeah, yeah become yeah. a soldier. So I'm guessing they're the army, but and they all had power gloves. But if he's able, I, I guess it was only one. Uh, spoiler alert: Michael Ironside is a robot. If there's only one <laughs> robot you have to take out, yeah, then obviously one Turbo Kid's going to. But if the robot uprising was all of mm-hmm. all of the robots, then you would need more. And I'm guessing they lost. So if like the rope, yeah, but there's not many robots around. No, it's that's like, the point. Not so, now, going to the as well. I mean, we mentioned pre- I mentioned previously. You said we can get to it. We're going to get to it now. The robot graveyard is four or five mannequins. Maybe yeah, in, max yeah yeah. In a couple uh, of mannequins, yeah. a bit a bit of green steam. And yeah, yeah, they don't look particularly and threatening. Some, di- some dinosaur kids bouncy toys. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's some kind of 
like public park where they just said, <laughs> yeah. let's put some mannequins up there and then we can tape a head yeah. to a and mannequin. And he definitely and... taped Apple's head to a love bot. I mean, 100%. That, did... that, 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 that robot was not built for war. No, no, no. He could have taped that to a man's mannequin. I mean, he just you wanted to save the you. head. Well, no, you, you, you wouldn't. You you and she know. was so you don't know well. you don't know, know he's so, built to yeah so she said as well right she said I'm built to eat I'm built to smell I'm built to do all these things is she built to fuck I mean that that's basically what? where we went to really quickly in this film <laughs> I mean <laughs> the fact that there are no women anywhere well again, I mean I, it's like I get the, so... I get the fact that he he's really he's young he's not seen many people you know he's kept himself to himself. But the urges are there. I mean, you would have just said, "Can we get this going?" Yeah. She well, she has love bot. Like as sweet and adorable as she is, there is the whole thing. Like if this wasn't the middle of a dystopian future, yeah. If you like again, I'm bringing it back to the whole manic dream pixie girl thing. If you were just like, "Oh, do you want to watch the football and drink beers?" She would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome." Um, do you want to maybe you know? Yeah. Like afterwards, she'd be like, yeah, this is well, She's hinted that she's had previous best friends. I mean, Air yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a dude who basically she sat with him whilst he, I'm guessing, just become a skeleton. So at some point, she's had a best friend, air quotes again, that was in his 30s or 40s, who was just fucked her. Yeah, I think that, like, that's. That's the reason it works. Like, if they really leaned into the fact that maybe she used to be a sex bot, uh, sex bot, sorry. What the I, fuck is a sex, sex bot? Sex bot, I don't yeah. know. Like a South African is that, is sex, that, sex Is that like bots and Transformers? God knows. But I, I think the fact that they keep it relatively sweet, and I'm so glad they did because that is fundamentally the heart of this film is the fact that Apple is so sweet. I and the reason that I loved it, so like... The, Yes, it's fun going back to the 80s and stuff, and it's fun kind of revisiting these tropes and these cultural, this cultural iconography from the 80s, but it really is the kid and um, Apple, Apple yeah. that tie this film together. And that was the movie, the, sorry, the moment when I actually really started to kind of get on, get on board with this movie. Like, at the start, I was like, I'm not sure about it. But as soon as they established their relationship, from then on, I was totally on board for the rest of the film, even though the end with Michael Ironside is vaguely ridiculous. <laughs> and the fact that, like... By time, like, when Apple dies at the end, it should have an impact. But because they've kind of cried wolf 12 yeah, fucking which, times which by time that point. Which time did she die? Well, she's died so many yeah. times. Like, they keep going to the well without, oh, she's dead. No, she's alive. No, she's dead. And when she does finally die, which should be sad, eventually I'm like, well, she had to go eventually. Can't cry wolf that many times. I, I kind of wish they hadn't because I think that should have had a, a greater emotional impact. But I still sad to see, yeah. see her go. But they kind of relied upon that one too many times in my there, there is a moment when he turns around to Apple and he says, do you want to see something cool? I thought, when, when was the last time that wasn't your penis? <laughs> yeah. Let, let, me, let me show you something. Yeah. Let me show you something, yeah. show you yeah. something cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. You know, nine times out of ten, it, it's your dick. But uh, <laughs> I love that. But that's the thing, like it's it's too sweet for all that, and like like the fact that he has the slide view, and the fact that he has the Nintendo power. You mean power the uh, the I want to say kaleidoscope? No. What the <laughs> fuck is that going on? Um, well, kaleidoscope, Ke- Kaleco <laughs> vision, Kaleco vision, vision, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that, like, yes, I guess they're both supposed to be grown ups or young adults, whatever you want to call them. But it, it's, it feels like a kid's movie yeah. in so many respects. I know they're like, what, it's supposed to be 18, 19. But so much of their relationship feels like a kid's relationship. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're kissing for the first time. I love... And like you said, like, 
my whole point about the fact that I think this film might have been actually better if there wasn't the violence and stuff is because I feel like it's at its best when it's actually just being sweet. I love that cool guy moment where she's doing whatever she's doing with the gnome stick and he's meant to be drawing her like, you know, like Jack from Titanic. Yeah, yeah. And it's one step up from a stick figure. Like, he's meant to be just there, just drawing her, and it's literally just... I yeah. actually thought that drawing was really sweet. I thought it was so cute, the drawing. I mean, he was just basically missing the stick line. Well, and it just seemed like a cartoon version of it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. But I actually thought that stuff was all great. And I like I, I, I wish there had been maybe more of an emphasis on those two's relationship rather than just fucking Apple constantly dying and constantly... It's, not, it's not that type of film, though, is it? They're not trying to do a, a love story. Well, no. they have that in there, but again, yeah, a big part not, of it I mean, they're trying it's to... It's a bit like Aliens, isn't it? With with uh, uh, Hicks and Ripley. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. It's always the, the connotation. It's there, it's in the background, but they, it's not part of the story, so no. they don't go into it. Yeah. And I kind of think that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, because this is basically like falling in love with your fleshlight, isn't it? It's basically yeah, it's, yeah. But your flashlight's got like the best personality. You know, I loved, very pretty, much better. I attitude. loved her intense look, and if they're her real eyes, the real eye color, not contacts. Fuck me, she is intense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, she I, I, can like, stare through your soul and see your childhood. She's got great hair as well. Yeah, great. It always yeah. reminds me of. Do you know a uh, lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen by chance? Is that kind of red one's heads? Nope. No, no. Five, <laughs> well, Final Fantasy Thirteen, like Lightning, is one is the lead character in that game. But they actually took Lightning and put. I think it was Gucci. They actually used the character, sort of like a CG video game created character, as a model for Gucci, and it was like in London, like in the windows and stuff. So it was like she was like the okay. core model for a number of years, and she had that same kind of like pink, long, wavy hair kind of thing. It always reminded me of. Her. I think we can all agree, best character in this entire film. hundred percent. It is Apple, but again, the the film does work. Because um, Monroe Chambers yeah. is perfectly—he he is, is so sweet and innocent. Do you know yeah. the whole thing? He's got his underground uh, layer where he's got his weird, uh, well, everything from the eighties, basically his uh, his walk. Walk stuff. Like. Yeah. What I wanted to ask when I don't even know when she managed to slip that tracer on him, that tracker. She really? slaps on him straight away. She did. As I didn't she meet okay, him. I missed that. Part. She slaps on him. Okay, so I missed that. Yeah. So she she slapped that tracker on him. He knocks himself out in there. She brings him to life. She makes him cereal. Now, in post-apocalyptic 1997... It's not milk. I don't know where... It's not milk. I don't know where cereal's coming from. But thank you. Yeah. Where the fuck... Where's the milk coming from? Yeah, especially in a world where you've got to kill people to create water. Yeah. The fact that he's just, like, drinking milk with his fucking anti cereal We we, we all assume you put milk on cereal. Yeah. But she's there... Unless you're Friday. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. put some water on the this film shit. Friday, he puts water on this. Okay. You all know because they run out of milk and he yeah. throws away the cereal. He's well, like, what I'd assume, although that is insane, pouring, don't yeah. put water on. I, I would assume they're pouring a human liquid yeah. onto the cereal. But, it's so, not water. So you, it is. Yeah. It is semen. No, it's not semen. Oh, you said human no, milk. You said human, I didn't say no, human no, milk. Surely you I said breast human milk. liquid. Oh, sorry. Have you not watched the film? Surely you got with breast milk. <laughs> the fact that humans provide milk I just naturally. Picture, I picture no, no, somebody spunking over some milk. It's not milk at all. Oh, of course, of course. It's not milk at all. Why would you go to spunk? He went, he went. Oh, why wouldn't you go to milk? <laughs> milk is readily, readily available via women. Where's, where's the cows? Mil- yeah, 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 but there's no, no cows in the film. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure women still exist. Jesus Christ. Well, even if they don't, like, I would assume. Stop. I would, I would assume. It's definitely not spunk. That's what I'm saying. No one mentions spunk other than you. That's just... Dude, he said spunk like 17 times. I would assume what she put on the cereal <laughs> is that cloudy ass water that she got off. 
Not Baku. That's a place. Baru, was it? Was the guy... Uh, Bog, no, but no, I want to say Bog, Bagu. Anyway, Bagu. 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 So that cl- cl- weird. You think it's thick? cloudy water? I think it's milk. Cl- yeah, dude, it's milk. You it's did. Milk. <laughs> you did not see her pour milk on it. You didn't. She didn't go to the fridge and get a big thing of milk out, did she? It was just there. So she just poured whatever liquid she had <coughs> on the cereals. No, you just fucking kill me. Basically, y- well, there's you, no, there's you, no want, you want a load of women to be in a milking cattle shed. You want a load of men to be wanked off. I would just say it's probably dirty water. I'm sorry, right? As much as I really don't want a load of men to be wanked off. Liam, there's no fucking women in this film. Except for for Rufio, who has breast guards. That fucking weird... So you can't milk her. No, you can't milk her. No, no, there's definitely women, because he's not like freaked out by the fact... Yeah, I know they're not not there. Dude, there's like eight people, like you said. The only other woman is his mother. They go to like the, the fucking robot graveyard, and there's three robots. Like they, like he would have been freaked the fuck out by but Apple if there were no apocalyptic. Yeah, they were the only women day, in this world, despite the fact that you don't see them on the screen. The and we don't even take into account that there might be fucking cows. The only other woman to say it's not spunk. <laughs> the only other woman is his mother, right? And she got hit like a fucking golf ball, apparently. Yeah. I, th- I think post-apocalyptic, you're gonna accept the fact that the women are going first because there's no suggestion. This one, I think that like hundred percent, hundred percent, they're getting. Men are absolutely fucking terrible. So they're gonna they're gonna rape. They're gonna murder. Yeah, but gonna, like, nobody wants to away. rape to the point that there's no women because eventually it's prison rules and not, only raping. Do you not know dudes. men? This yeah, is I this know, is how I it works. Like Sorry, now there's no women. If you're still listening to this, episode, <laughs> which you shouldn't be, by no, the way, shame on you. So sorry. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is Liam's Christmas choice. No, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I, okay, well, let's get to Michael Ironside, right? Michael Ironside, who obviously makes up most of the budget, is great film. in this film, by the way. He, he is fun in this film. However, I have some major issues with the end of this film. The fact that he's suddenly a robot. Okay, I can deal with. Did that. Did you see that coming? Because I didn't see that. I didn't but, see that coming. Well, I, I know you're going to go with the fact that you didn't like that. I kind of like that twist. I've, no, no, I've no. seen it three times and I didn't you remember it. Coming. Yeah. yeah, I did. I didn't mind the fact that he's a robot. Whatever. But they have this big deal, like, they make him a robot at the end. You think, oh, he's going to do something cool. And he even kind of proclaims, <laughs> oh, would you like to see what I do? What does he do? He, he makes people slightly immobile? He like, creates a ball in front of him that seems to blow wind on people. That's He's like it's, a Christmas tree. Yeah. He basically just makes light, makes he's sound. He's the poniest robot. No wonder there's no fucking robots left. They're all shite. Yeah, and the fact that she so there's no robots left, there's no women's left, there's just fucking dudes. What in, is in this? Regards to all the, in regards to all these robots as well, so many inconsistencies. Sounds like going to the football. Yeah, I know. She's a friendship model. He is a business. He's being very cute about. Isn't he's he? a business model. No, no, yeah, he's a business model. So yeah. he's all about yeah. sorting out the company. Everything. The business. I, I love the fact that in your mind she's a friendship model, so she's definitely up for sex. I mean. <laughs> yeah. We no, talked about this. Well, that, again, again, have you ever met dudes? Just like, as soon when, as a girl's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, she wants to fuck. When, <laughs> like, when we talked about it, he, he he didn't say a friendship model. I can't I can't remember exactly what you said. She was, she was like... You're, a, you're making this shit up. No, right no. Now. You made it out like, yeah, she, she's just a robot hooker. That's basically how you said it. She's she's in a... I can't remember what you said. Companion. 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 She's a companion well, model. Now, now, the fact that I remember that doesn't make you right... <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> because you're making this shit up. But she's basically, like I've already said. I think they're both just, the same thing. Wait, wait, just because she's a female doesn't make her oh, instantly. You're in the post apocalyptic oh, future. You have a female robot that says yes to anything. That dude that fucking passed away in the graveyard and became a skeleton, there's no way he didn't go suck it. For a while. Well, regardless of that, the fact is... This is becoming such a wrong episode. We might have to just not fucking release this. No, we'll absolutely release it. <laughs> Apple, like, she was clearly created by a dude. It's oh, just, absolutely. Like, that's 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, if, even if you take away the sexual... If we, let's just remove the sexual element from it. The fact that she's, like, the perfect girlfriend. She's just, like... She's just yes to everything. Yeah. Like, oh, everything you say is a fucking awesome idea. It's everything a guy wants to hear. Especially if you're 17. It's like, oh, that sounds fucking awesome. Everything sounds like a great idea. Again, we'll remove the sex, but that's where it's going. But yeah, she's a, like you say, whether you say a friendship model, companionship model, it all means the same thing, sadly. Yeah. But like you said, the fact that they don't lean too hard into that makes this fundamentally a surprisingly sweet film. Yeah, despite you're the right fact there. that you have they, like. They don't go into that. No, that's yeah, just like, our dirty minds going into that. That is very much us. And despite all the violence in this film, that's what I come away from. I'm like, it's a surprisingly sweet. It is sweet. It's lovely. Film. Like, Monroe Chambers has that. Monroe Chambers plays Turbo Kid has that just the childlike innocence about him. Like he is just so. I, I to be fair, he's lovable. He is just he's he's trying to survive. He watched his mother get hit like a fucking golf ball. And that that comes into the point I was going to make was Zeus makes a fundamental. Yeah, it's always that thing, isn't it? You let the child go, the child's always going to come back yeah. for revenge. Yeah. Whereas I like the fact that. He has no idea up until right at the end that Zeus is the guy who killed his parents. Yeah. So is does he it, still yeah, know he, Zeus is the guy who killed his parents? No, he, he does he only, at the end. He figures it out at the end. It's yeah. that last Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah the, the, the he knows. And they reason. But that's the thing I like about it. It's not um, a movie. It's based not about around, revenge. Yeah. It's not about revenge. He's no. just trying to so do the right thing. He's that's just it. doing the right thing. He's just trying to survive. Just wants to be, as he called he's it, just, a superhero. Yeah, but. Yeah. He's he's such a child. Yeah. He wants to be a nice yeah, guy. He falls he falls into like the revenge thing only it kind of happens it, by exactly. coincidence at the end. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a good thing because yeah, me too. if he'd done that from the beginning, it would have just been, oh, it's every other trope you've ever seen, isn't it? It's just yeah. oh boy sees parents killed, boy tries to revenge his parents. No, he's not doing that. All he wants to do is survive. He doesn't want to talk to other well, people. He wants to be the right. He wants to just do the right. He wants yeah. to be the one person in the world doing the right. That's thing. The thing. Most is... of the time, he doesn't even want to be with other people. He wants to be in his little lair underground with his eight. He he's, he's just a scavenger. That's yeah. all he wants to do. He just wants to hunt. No, I think once hunt. he finds the suit, I think he does kind of yeah. want to lean into the whole superhero ethos thing of like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try and do the right thing. Speaking of the superhero and doing the right thing and stuff like that, is Frederick the arm wrestler pointless? I think so because at one point I was like are they trying to kind of have it it's like oh he wants to be like Frederick the arm wrestler but that doesn't really happen I actually think one of the again another my, one of my issues with this film is outside of like the core cast of Michael Ironside um, Monroe Chambers and um, Lawrence Leboeuf is the fact that the drop off is pretty major yeah, and Aaron Jeffrey really who plays yeah. Frederick I don't think he's particularly good and I know all three of the directors play a part in this film like Francois Samard plays the father yeah. and Luke Whistle plays the mother and Jan Carl Whistle plays the bald guard guy the mother is budget Anna Kendrick mind isn't she but super budget Anna yeah. Kendrick super budget <laughs> yeah. like yeah I love Anna Kendrick she's mega budget Anna Kendrick just to be abundantly clear and like the rest of the cast it's, it's fine 
Sorry, I, I'm talking about something that's happening in your publishing. <laughs> um, the, the, the rest of the cast is just perfectly fine. It, it, and that is the issue, is that a lot of this film is just serviceable. And it does fall back on the fact that it is charming and it is going, oh, look, do you remember these things from the 80s? Yeah. But like you said, the elements. Reason, yeah, the reason there's it works. lots of bits in between that just... Yeah, but like you said, the reason... The budget, basically. For me, that it keeps going is, again, is unlike so many movies... And I, I know it's not so prevalent now because we've moved on to kind of like homaging the 90s now. But, you know, for a decade or so we were doing the 80s is the fact that they got it all wrong. Like I said, I, I mentioned earlier, like the Expendables and stuff like that. Where So if you take like, if you're doing an homage to 80s, you go for the Expendables thing and it's all winky and noddy. Yeah. And you're missing the point of 80s cinema. And then my other issue with a lot of these films that try and do the, oh, so bad it's good... The only reason those films work, the so bad they're good ones, is that they didn't know that they were bad. Yeah. Again, there's that element of innocence. They thought they were making a great film, but it's, it's retrospective. Shit. And yeah. yeah, and that's why it's fun because it's terrible. As soon as you try and make a terrible film, a la fucking I don't know, um, Sharknado or something, <laughs> it doesn't work because they're just shit. Yeah. Like there's no charm to it. It's just a bad film. And this film, I don't think it's particularly bad, but the one thing it does get right is the fact that it's like, no, we're, we're a true homage to the 80s and we're sticking to those tropes and we're not going to wink, we're not going to smile, we're going to play it straight down Main Street. And most films nowadays, when they're looking back at films of that elk, don't do that and I think yeah. that's fundamental. And I know you two haven't, sorry, Dave, I know you two haven't seen Solar Babies and I've mentioned it a couple of times. You fucking but, love Solar oh, Babies. Yeah. Well, we, we're going to have to do Solar Babies. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're Solar babies. Yeah, yeah. But like, it follows that kind of uh, that that kind of ilk in regards to it all feels like if I would have watched this film without knowing it was filmed in 2015 it would feel 80s as fuck to me like that's how it feels to me that's that, like how did I not watch this film when I grew up like and that's, that's a good point that is actually why uh, that's not one of the main reasons but why I really enjoyed this film as an 80s fan as, as a kid from the 80s early 90s the, this film feels right at home with any of those other, films that I've said I've watched again Solar Babies for the third time <laughs> where you two have turned around and gone what the fuck is that like and they're the films that I've watched that I've loved and people watch this film and go what the fuck yeah. is what are you well, doing well that, that's the other time isn't it yeah, well that's the thing with this younger. yeah yeah well that's the thing with this film is that there are, there are one or two signs but for the most part like the genius of it is that it actually feels like an 80s film. Yes. It brings up yes. nostalgia. Why, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you love about it. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't it doesn't kind of go overboard with nostalgia. It doesn't go, oh we're, we're watching this along with you. Yeah. Like again, it's that knowing thing. It's like, no, we are going to make an 80s movie, but we're just making it in 2015. Yeah. But in the same style. And like you said, like if I didn't know this was made in 2015. I honestly be like, I don't know when this was made. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, that is absolutely spot on. And that is why, uh, to be fair, I, I really enjoyed this film. So, before we end it, can I just say, I'd like to bring up that last fight. That last scene. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I, I think we skipped past it quite a lot. We've talked about the film as a, as a, a whole and everything. I would say, how many people need to explode before you run away? There were like oh, 10, there yeah, were about 100%. 10, 15 guys who watched one at a time explode because the guy just pointed his fist at him. Yeah, but that's they exploded. Like, they ran away. I'd have been fucking gone a long, long time there ago. There was that dude with the stop sign shield yeah. who literally made, put that shield down and walk away. Yeah. Because you've he was done, the last one. You've done nothing. You've watched your friends basically become actors. 
atoms. This is the point. He was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else went boom, boom, boom. And then he actually ran into but yeah. again, and that, that brings it back to that point. That. Of why I think this works is because that's what happened in 80s films. Yeah, yeah. If you go and watch Commando, that. you have these people just running the fuck yeah. into bullets I would over say, and over again. I would say the best thing I've ever seen. Like, this film isn't the best film I've ever seen. I, I mean, was going to say, settle down, it, buddy. It, <laughs> it, it's pretty budget and it's pretty, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You enjoy it for what it yeah, is. Yeah. But the tower of people, I mean, the. What did you call it? The human totem pole. The yeah. human totem pole of people was the funniest thing. I've seen a long, do you know what? Long and time. Well, I learned, like that. That was funny, but it was the fact that you had. I think they call him Skeletor in this, or Skeletron, mm. Skeletron, uh, the the henchman of Michael Ironside. This dude apparently cannot be defeated. No. He can dodge your weird power glove that nobody else can dodge. He has unlimited supply of uh, BMX. No, 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 no the gears. Uh, fighting, the, yeah, yeah, the weird. I love how he took it seriously. Like, no, no, he doesn't have an unlimited supply of no, BMX. No, no, no. <laughs> he has an unlimited supply of that, whatever he's shooting out of his hand, yeah, blades out of his hand. But he gets taken down by a fucking parasol. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this entire film is fucking insane. But the logistics of opening a parasol inside somebody. Like, what is that parasol made of that you're able to fully erect it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like, I, I think that it probably that makes sense. That, it's that makes sense, wouldn't it? You know, it makes sense to my notes now. shit you see. You know? Is that you're so on board with the tone of this movie by the end that when he kills him with a parasol he opens him up and he explodes, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. But like, by, yeah, okay. by then, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I yeah. went to go with this 100%, 100%. Right. Anyway, uh, we've been talking wait, wait, about Wait, wait, before we move on, I've got to ask one I more. wanted to ask if we got any more. Just one last thing. Yeah. I was like, does anyone anymore, because I love the fact they brought it up in this film, do kids give backies anymore? No. They don't, do they? I never see kids giving no, backies on no, bugs with when, like, the when, smokes when, and shit. When, when they gave him the backy spoke things, yeah, the scrum, yeah. the pegs, the pegs, I, I literally turned around to us and went, what the fuck are they? Oh no! Like that was I a no idea. Yeah. And yeah. Why was yeah, we, we were like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. And then she tried to get on the back of the bike, and Wes went back spokes. Back why spokes. why would you give somebody like you turn around to a guy and you go, right, I'm going to give you water, and on tick, I'm going to give you. Bike. Yeah. He's a bike guy. On oh, no. sick. I'm going to sounds like a fucking drug dealer. But he is. He did see. Got, got some bike. Got some uh, spokes on tick, bro. Got yeah, some... But he gave him pegs on tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He right. did. Anyway, let's move on. So, I don't know. Oh, okay. One more. One oh, more. Move on. Right. <laughs> move on. Then. I, I have said all the way through this. There are sexual connotations constantly. Yeah. And when the big explosion went off, and then the massive uh, water eruption comes up, and they're all really happy about it. I'm telling you. That's just a euphemism for an ejaculation. Yeah, that was also like we like we weren't clear enough already yeah, with all that. I love the fact. I love the fact that they that's just, how I saw. I'm sorry. They happened to basically be, she died. He ejaculated. Yeah, I love to. I love the fact they happened to be in the right place, right for the water source. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, <laughs> like they were in the right place for the water source. And apparently this thing, this turbo explosion device, whatever he called it, he shot it with his turbo glove that is tearing people apart. And he was, what, maybe 10 millimetres from this oh, fucking thing? Oh, uh, yeah, and, and he's absolutely fine. I mean, yeah. it looked like a nuclear explosion went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was did. just he was okay. Just like, yeah, I'm yeah. fine, I'm fine. Like, I'll walk it off. Yeah, right. Fine. Do we have anything else before we oh, move on? No, 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 let's move on. All right, uh, favourite scenes. 
Dave, do you have a favorite scene? Liam, do you have a favorite scene? <laughs> he's, uh, sorry, he's too busy smoking your yeah. yeah. I mentioned earlier the fact it's the playground scene with Kidnapple. That was the scene in the movie where I was truly on board. And as I said, I, you know, I've mentioned the fact that I thought maybe this might have been a better film if they had kind of toned down the violence and played it to the fact that it's sweet. That's when it felt like an ambling 80s movie yeah. the most. And that's when it kind of, at the start at least, I was like, well, this is just like a, a fucking love letter to the 80s or to, to 80s movies. But it's the first time that I felt like its own movie. Yeah. And as I said, my favorite thing looking back at it are the kid and Apple and their relationship. So yeah, that's my favorite scene. I know I take the piss out of Liam talking a lot compared to what I do. Like Liam just fucking goes and goes and goes and then I gotta say a 30 seconds. It's all good stuff though. It's all good but stuff. I agree with Liam. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> that whole thing where they're still talking to stars, the whole fact that the stars are somebody who's died and he's looking down it's on I, I, I think it's beautiful yeah, yeah, I yeah. do think it's lovely and it's strange that yeah. for a film with so much violence yeah. and so much kind of like you know ridiculous choreography and stuff that that would be the best scene but I think that is what ultimately it makes bring, it a movie but it, randomly from a robot it brings the humanity to the robot it brings yeah, yeah. the humanity to the film and I think it's I think it's lovely well I think the, it's, the thing is you yeah. mentioned the fact that this was initially a kind of uh, a trailer almost like a proof of yeah. concept kind of thing this could have just been an extended version of that where it's like oh look stuff you remember Remember, oh look nods to movies you remember it, it, it doesn't work over 90 minutes if that's all you're doing yeah. you do need that the heartbeat of the movie and you do need that relationship to fundamentally make it work as a 90 minute movie and I think that's where it really starts yeah. and that's why you know as silly as it is you do care about these characters by the or certainly I did and like I said there is the issue that they go to the well one too many times with Apple constantly dying coming back. But when she did die at the end, I was a little bit sad because I did want her to survive. Yeah. I did want them to see it together. But And it all fundamentally comes back to that initial scene. Yeah. But are you done smoking? Dave, do you have a favourite scene? Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I'd, uh, I'd probably go with the uh, the flaming, whirling, arm wrestling <laughs> yeah. scene. Okay, that's I think, good. I think I like that. I think it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty... <laughs> when he turns around to him and says, uh, do you mind if I... Let's smoke. He's like, oh, we're not savages, you know. He's yeah. like, you know, he's like, oh, we're all humans here, and it's, it's pretty cool. He's pretty shit, but pretty cool at the same time. When he says, that. when I ask for flames, I, I want, want flames. flames! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, yeah. it's Ironside is best. You know, Ironside is very. Yeah. Good. I yeah, mean, he's, he's he really is just playing but, Ironside to the max. But let's face it, you pick the best ones. But yeah, I like that. I think we did. Should yeah, we? Should we go loads of hate? Yeah, loads of hate. Liam, you go first. I mean, unsurprisingly, number one, Apple. Number two, the kids. Number three, the most important one, arguably, is the fact that eventually they they got the tone right. As I've mentioned it a couple of times here, the reason I think this film works is because it tries to recreate an 80s movie rather than going, oh, look, do you remember 80s movies? It's like, no, we're making an 80s movie. It just happens to be in 2015. I think that's the magic. And I almost wish I'd watched it not knowing it was made in 2015. Yeah, yeah, and I could have, like, you know, if you'd asked me afterwards... Got nostalgia I, with it straight, like, straight off. Yeah, I, the, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's hard to, like, guess now, of course, because I, I knew when it was made when I watched it. Yeah. But if I had just watched it and you had said, don't don't check when it was made, I think I might have actually struggled. Yeah. So I think that would be interesting. So for me, uh, Apple. I think Apple is, Apple. Uh, Apple is, like, probably going to be all of ours because Apple... Lawrence of us, so good. Apple brings this just... <laughs> Dave's just, like, pointing me to his notes, number one, Apple. Apple, I agree. <laughs> Apple. We've all agreed. Apple is, is the one Spoiler that... Spoiler alert, by the way, Dave's number one is Apple. Yeah. <laughs> she's fucking great in this film. Oh, she's Num- lovely. Number two is <laughs> the human totem pole, as they've called it. Yeah. I, I think that's great. Like, just the the eccentricity of the the violence in this. It's... 
like we're gonna make it violent, so we're gonna make it fucking Overly obscenely violent. Yeah. violent. Well, I actually think because I mentioned the fact that with the violence, I had an issue with the tone. That sometimes it was taking it quite seriously, and like sometimes it was like a halfway house. At least with that scene in particular, it was like, all right, this is just ludicrous. Yes, yeah. and I, I think maybe it would have been better if it leaned a bit more into that and gone full on. All right, this is just silly. Yeah. One or other, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, either yeah. take it out or you make it. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that scene really was fucking ri- ridiculous. But it's definitely memorable. Yeah, there's no and. My third one is the uh, the childlike innocence of Munro Chambers as Turbo Kid. Like, from, from a world that should have ruined him, he saw his parents die, he saw... Fucking hell, Liam's blowing uh, smoke donuts and it's just totally <laughs> taking me out. It's like, like, fucking, like fucking Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, Munro Chambers in this is childlike innocence. I think he does really well and the dude should be doing more, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, he's he's great. Like yeah. I said, you know, like I, I think the discrepancy between the the cut and core three actors and the rest of the cast is almost distracting. I yeah. think they're that much better than the yeah, rest of the cast. Agree. But I would prefer a film where at least three of them are brilliant. Yeah. And you know, if you're going to pick three people to be brilliant, you want it to be the core three, yeah. and they all are yeah. fantastic. Dave? Apple, what a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Absolute first one is Apple. I mean, I well, love, she's got the gnome stick and everything. I love, she says. Yeah, but I love her outlook to everything. Right, it is such a disastrous, horrific scene of everything. Everyone is there to murder and kill and everything, and she is just the epitome of optimism. She just. She loves everything. Everything is brilliant. And she I makes, love how she's so happy for everything. Just, that's, yeah. that's I, know, point, I know she's a robot, yeah. but that's the thing that's often missing from these dystopian films is that they can become like quite depressing affairs. Yeah. But like you introduce her like 20 minutes in or whatever and she's so optimistic. And, and that's the, the thing, fact that she's a robot. Her smile just, is she just, she just, everything is brilliant and it kind of breaks the movie yeah. up for me. You know, yeah. It's quite a, a grim movie in reality yeah. yeah everything's pretty shit but especially she... if you think what he's putting on his fucking cereal Jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she but yeah she's she's, she's, very, she's a sex bot she's gonna love it I don't, I don't I don't want to buy into the whole sex bot thing because I, I, I come in a much more kind of wholesome thing because I, I just sure you, do. Me. Sure I, you do. no no I totally fell in love with her in like the sweetest possible way yeah I, honestly I know in the back of my head it's probably the whole companion bot whatever yeah. you want to call it but I didn't watch it that way because I just didn't want to because right. she's such a lovely Let's character. But anyway, number two. Yeah. Yeah. other loves. I loved the four hundred gallons of blood. <laughs> death. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Everyone who died literally pumped out four hundred people's worth of blood, which, which is, is like, which is ironic considering how much you could get of water. One of these exactly. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I loved, I loved the the gore, the stupid. You know, no one believes that's what's happening, but. They went for it. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the they, thing. That I, I absolutely went for it. I mentioned B movie. Absolutely, twitty. It makes you feel like uh, Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead just used buckets and buckets of blood, and that was. What that's weird that you said that because when I was talking about like the fact that it homages like a whole bunch of movies, is you not, never mentioned Evil Dead. Well, I, I didn't think the Evil Dead when I thought <laughs> yeah. of that. What I was thinking of was like classic like 70s and 80s like Kung Fu movies. Yeah. I was thinking of like Japanese cinema when they cut their arm off and you get the big spurt and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think they were actually going for rather yeah, than so. a horror kind of nod, to I be think honest. So. And my, my last one was, was definitely the human totem pole. Of course, of course. I mean, having four people sat on top of one guy's head was one of the funniest things I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> it's just because it, it, it's ridiculous. He put a. A spade in a guy yeah. and managed to rip his flick entire him body, flick him yeah, in half. And yeah. and for you listeners, you've never heard Wes or Rob, however you know him, 
laughed like a little girl. <laughs> and, I, and I will guarantee you, he laughed like a little girl when all of those people landed on top of him. So you're saying I'm a sadist? A little bit. Well, well a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Right, sure. uh, let's go on to hates. Um, number one, I've got the fact that it does occasionally feel like a fan-made film. Like I yeah. can't escape that. The fact that it feels like a university film with a budget. The fact that it does lean a little bit too much into the fan-made kind of elements. But as I said, it overcomes that eventually, but it does have its moments. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, Ironside's totally lame power. Ironside, obviously, I mean Zeus. Oh. It's fucking pony. I just, You're I right. really thought he was going to do something cool at the end. It's just like, it was just so fucking lame. And I mentioned, I'm not saying it's a massive issue, but... I'm not sure if the violence was required. As I said, I think there's another version of this film where they lean more into this being like a bit of a family film, a more of an Amblin style film. I think it could have worked that way as well. But, you know, but then I would have missed it. I think you're right. But then we would have missed out on the totem pole. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. I mean, I don't agree with the violence because you're a prude. (laughs) Clearly so. so. I mean, I, I didn't like the weird... Like randomly picking up the most stupid things. The helmet that Zeus had, the fact that it was just he kept that was off. It, of, it that, just that was totally off a water feature. Yeah, he literally just pinched off something. Yeah, yeah. Frederick the arm wrestler no, just seemed absolutely pointless. He just he was there to just spit weird like I don't know uh, fucking haikus at Turbo Kid. And I randomly, feel like they should have had more of a relationship, yeah. but it just never quite been. And randomly. Again, Frederick the arm wrestler with his weird cycle sidecar thing just was the oddest thing yeah, in the it was world. Kind of weird. It was again. It feels like a slight nod to maybe Mad Max Two, where you yeah. get a couple of the vehicles like that. But yeah, I'm not sure if we really oh, landed. Yeah. I, to be honest, the whole little uh, razor flick thing. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Mad Max Two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, yeah, all I could think of was like you know, obviously when people think of Mad Max Two, they immediately think of like the cool cars and the trucks and stuff. But there was the also the kid with the boomerang. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and there was that's... also the dude who had like the fucking propeller car and stuff like that, which was all pretty pony. So maybe it was a nod to that. I don't know, but it was still pretty lame. Yeah, I mean, how about I, you, dude? I would say my my hate the budget constraints. I just think they could have made this not not much better. I I, I think that the story is is what it is. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a it's a budget story. You never yeah. get, you know, no matter how much money you throw at it, you're not going to make it much better. Charm. Like, do you want, do you want but, the $200 million version of fucking Turbo Kid? I'm but not I, sure. But I think, uh, it kind of comes into my second one. There's some ropey acting in this. There I is. think a little bit more money, you could have had some slightly better side actors on here that could have, could have made it a little bit more, because like you said, there's three or four actors who are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the core, yeah. But without them, Everyone else is pretty shit. They're guys off the streets. Oh, 100%. Holy fuck, yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. two ways about it. And I'm yeah. not one for like bad... Like, there's a difference between like, say, Ironside, where he's chewing the scenery kind of thing, yeah. and other people kind of playing up to the kind of film they're in. But then there's just also people who are just... Wandering not... around, like, they look lost, and they're like, yeah. 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 something's going to happen. They literally, they would just pay $20, $20 as a word, just come in, just have some fun. And then, but my guy inside was like, you know what, I'm going to, Nicholas Cage-ish yeah, in regards yeah, yeah. to, you're paying me, I'm going to just enjoy what I'm doing. And Michael, he fucking well, loved Well, the thing is, like, even, even if Michael Ironside's phoning it in, he's still Michael Ironside. He's still fundamentally a good actor. Yeah. That dude is intense. Whereas a lot of the other people on this film, they just, they're, apparently. they're just not, they're just not very good actors. Yeah. And I, I, I never buy into this idea of having like bad actors. Like, oh, well, it's kind of fun. Cause... No, 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 no. Yeah. I prefer to have good actors kind of play up to the role. Yeah. And you don't have that here. So yeah, outside you know of what? the top three, it, it's if it, the drop-off is pretty I'll major. be honest with you. I couldn't think of an, a third hate. 
I'm not saying this is a brilliant film, but I just couldn't think of anything I hated. What was the third one you said? Because I agreed with you. The violence being a little bit... like I, I, I made the argument that... I, I don't have an issue with the violence, but I think it could have arguably been a better film if it was a PG. I, can't, no, yeah, no, like a I, well, I yeah. agree with this. Yeah. I love the violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, the films I watch, that's what I want to see. I want to see gratuitous violence. I want to see action. They're the films I love to watch. But I'll be honest with you, in this film, I think it could have been a much different film if they'd mm-hmm. taken that out of it, like you said, and made it a bit more of a... I'm thinking almost like the wizards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder if this could be two completely different films. Go much harder or go much softer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder wonder if that goes back to the budget. Because because of the budget... They were always going to go... The trailer, which was made with absolutely no money, was all about the blood, the guts... Yeah, and that's what I mean. So I wonder if with the budget, because you can just... Like, the budget... It doesn't take much, I would assume, to do blood spurting and things like like that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if because the budget was so minimal mm-hmm. that you were uh, you were able to just do buckets and buckets of blood. If they had more of a budget, they could have gone down a, a, a more, I guess, senile route. In uh, not senile, uh, serene, serene route. So thank you, Liam. In regards. Gads that side of it, but I, I guess... Yeah, well, like you yeah. said, sometimes I thought the overt violence was used as a way to kind of obscure the fact that the choreography wasn't fantastic. It's like, oh, well, we've got this, and it's, oh, look, this is fun. And it, it is, and like I said, it's not like, I don't think it ruins the movie by any stretch, but at the same time, I think this could have potentially been a better film if they'd gone the PG route, yeah. to say. Yeah. The more the Goonies kind of route. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking anyway. Yeah. Right, um, anyway, should we move on facts? to facts? Yes, this is your... I yep. haven't got anything written down. So Before, I'm I mean, he, point usually when we have Dave on... Dave, have you got any? Yeah, I got loads. Yeah, all right, I'll move on then, because Dave... He said, yeah, I, like he's recording, like he just wanders off, just screaming from the yeah. fucking kitchen. Unbelievable. Yeah. So unprofessional. Right, so in the opening scene, Thunder in Your Heart by John Farnham is playing while riding his BMX. This is also from the 1986 movie Rad. Have you ever seen Rad? I have, yeah. yeah so that's BMX with uh, J- oh, oh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the character Apple also uses the word Rad when they meet. Uh, the movie was filmed in Quebec, Canada and is a co-production between New Zealand and Canada. Dave already mentioned that because... It's random New Zealand and Canada. In the scene where the kid and Apple spend the night in the video store, the posters for the short films that RKSS made are seen on the VHS covers. Uh, Jean-Philippe Bernier is credited as both composer and director of photography and an unusual and rare combination. A critic described the film as Mad Max on BMX bikes. We've already mentioned Mad Max connotation. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is, yeah. Yep. The Turbo Rider glove is, is based on the Nintendo Entertainment the Power Glove. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the patches on Bagu's leather coat is from the Arctic Winter Games. The Arctic Winter Games is an international biannual celebration of circumpolar sports and indigen- indigenous culture. Uh, I mean, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for these... Uh, what, do you want to move on to Legacy? Or uh, no, I know no, Liam's I, got... Uh, I got some facts. So can I do, just do two more? The electronics on the bomb is an Arduin Uno connected to a battery pack and a breadboard with a four seg- seven segment displays counting down. Awesome. Well, sorry. all for things being imagined. Okay. My last one before Dave can do his facts. The heart readout. Oh, sorry, I've already said that. It's Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's okay. 
Okay, so the, there were 14 company logos at the start of the film. Oh, that was awesome. It just right. kept fucking going. So, yeah. It was unbelievable. It just took a lot of companies to get this made. Yeah, it really did. And I'm so glad they did, though. For such yeah, a low yeah. budget, I think they, they took what they could get from yeah. wherever they could get it. Yeah. And by the way, I, like I'm sure you're just hearing the facts here, but the fact that you're reading it from a notebook written in hand just makes it more dramatic. Oh, I, I, think, so. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It feels like you, you're about to read me a story. To be fair, man, before, sorry, Dave, before you move on, Take the budget aside. When you watched this film, did it feel sixty-seven thousand? No, it did not feel budget. Not not that budget. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, really, <laughs> right? It Liam, felt, it felt right. To me. Liam, sit back. <laughs> yeah. uh, I no, remember. No, I think they did a good can job. I, can I, can I do one thing? Yeah, you, we went to see um, uh, what oh, those? Oh, fucking, I can't remember what they're called now. The um, comedy troupe. Super Troopers. Oh, uh, no. Uh, you're on about uh, Impractical Jokers. Impractical yeah. Jokers. Yeah. So the Impractical Jokers, they, they tried to make... Uh, the one guy tried to make a film. And his dad said, I'll give you $30,000. Right? Mm-hmm. He said, you can either buy a new car... Yeah. Or you can make a film. Mm-hmm. Right? And it looked... So I assume he didn't buy the car. No. He no, made okay. a film. Yeah. Right? And it... If I made something on my, fil- uh, on my phone now... Yeah. Right, and followed you around... It looked better. It looked fucking horrific. And that was 30 grand. Well, and that was him. Yeah, but that was him and his mates. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's... but this is a film with Michael Ironside in it. No, right? no, and that, that is the thing. Like, it's all on a scale. Like, they've, don't get me wrong. That they've was... done a really good job for £60,000. Yeah. Like, like I said, any criticism, it all comes with a caveat kind of thing. I, like, nothing about this, I think, is bad. And I think for £60,000, they've done a really good job of putting that up on the screen. I, I still think, think it looks like a slightly budget no, film. Like, I don't think this is the best looking film I've ever seen. No, no, no. But I did not watch that film and think, this is on someone's iPhone. No, or, no, you know, no, no. This no. is a proper yeah. filmed film. But if I watch this, because I didn't know, and I will admit, I didn't go into this podcast, this episode, even when we watched it. I didn't know the budget until you turned around to me I and would told assume me the budget. this was like two, three hundred grand. You know, uh, uh, someone, so I was, someone had got like. I was a going proper, million. I saw a film and you two would not have viewed this. It's called Soul Searcher. I thought he was going to say fucking Solar Baby again. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought he was going to say Solar Baby. No. I was like, if he says Solar Baby, one more <laughs> fucking time. It's a British film about a guy that becomes a reaper that has It's about the making yeah. of a film called but, Solar Baby. But that was that was a million pounds. And it looks like like you said, shot on a fucking camcorder that's thing, compared to this for $67,000. dollars like, like visually, you could you could record something on your iPhone or on your Samsung. By the way, we're all yelling look. at each other. Nobody's listening to this no. episode. It doesn't matter. It's, fine, it's, it's fine, fine. It's fine. But that's the thing. You, could, you can record things yeah. on... And there's lots of films where you have had random dodgy shots on, on, on phones and shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. And you can do that now. But you think this was what? Eight years ago? Fucking hell. 2015, mate. It was six years ago. Six, no, six, seven. Seven. Seven years. Seven years ago. Oh, one year off. <laughs> one year off. I know. Settle down, mate. <laughs> Get it fucking right, dude. You sound like my wife. Anyway. <laughs> seven years ago. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> seven years ago. You know, it's like eight inches. No, no, it's six. No, like, you, you watch things. It's not grainy. It's not like no, shaky no, no, or no, anything. No, no, And that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but for they, 60 grand to set that up, that must have been either really, really fucking quick to film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they had people who were willing to not charge him as much. I, I, Michael I Ironside again. Th- there's no way that dude took his regular fee. Hundred percent. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, he's, no, he's obviously taken a bit of a bump to yeah. 
get this going. They've done they've done a great job with the film. I like I just think like I've seen films made on a similar budget which end up looking more cinematic. Tell but me I, a film I, I, I've I, seen for sixty grand. No, no, I do I do it's worry that I do much. worry that I am fundamentally missing the point because it is trying to look like an 80s film. Yeah. And I think they have done a great job with the budget available to so I'm not gonna be overly yeah. critical. So how much does Iron's eye cost you? This is the point. That's where I'd love. To, I'd love 60, to know his sixty-seven grand. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love. Decided. I love the ones doing the podcast. I, I wish someone could fucking tell us. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Sorry, I'm another. Back to facts. Fuck me. What's on facts? The kids' journal art was done by one of the creators, Anouk, and she was not proud of it. So that the, the creator that would have been his mum. Yeah, that's yeah, his yeah, mum. Yeah. 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 Uh, the rat uh, that the, attacked his face. The naked mole rat. Yeah. She, it, that was a homage to Peter Jackson's Dead or Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Exactly. yeah. And when they did it, originally, the uh, sound they put on was way too tame. And they were like, that's pretty shit. So they, they put on a bit more of a... Can I say, Dave, as a get, I appreciate the work you've put into... <laughs> Thanks, honestly. Yeah. If you. only somebody put in the work to find out how much fucking Michael Ironside earned <laughs> to make this movie, but never mind. The film was filmed in spring in Montreal but it was the worst spring in 90 years. It was minus 10 every single day they yeah. filmed. It does look cold. Yeah. It looks cold as shit. I, I, sorry, I, actually, I, am, I missed that on one of my facts. It was something to do with the fact it wasn't meant to be set during rain. But because... Have you got that? No. Uh, because of the rain, they had to actually write something in. that Acid rain? Because when they filmed it, it was raining. So they thought, you know what? We'll just talk about acid rain. It, looks, it just looks overcast all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. So here's a good one. Hobo with a shotgun director, Jason Eisner, cameos shortly before he dies in a very bloody death. How did he die? I, well, I don't know. He's just got the facts. I don't know. I genuinely don't know who this guy is, so I couldn't point it out, but he dies I in a very, film. very I know bloody death. death. I've seen Hobo with a shotgun. The, the name Jason like, Eisner sounds familiar as well. Well, anyway, let's move on to... Anyway, oh, wait, we got more. Uh, I go, uh, I'm just going to... keep going. Bear facts. Bear facts, bro. Bear facts. Uh, the kids, mum and dad, uh, Anouk and uh, some. Are you, yeah, you said that, that yeah. one. Yeah, Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Zeus is revealed as a robot. He says, "You made me what I am," which is a line cut from David Cronenberg's Scanners. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. that was a line in there. They yeah. cut it out, but they brought it into this film. Well, we and add that's a list of movies at nods. And they did. They did say that uh, if 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 David Cronenberg and uh, what's the other guy, uh, when it, oh, Jason Eisner, if they, mm-hmm. if, if they wanted to come into the uh, sequel, they, they, they could. Would, oh, that's they, very good. They were quite happily bringing them in. I'm yeah. just thinking of the fact that criminally, I've never seen Scanners, which I really need to sort out. Have you not seen? I've not seen it. No, no. What, Scanners, Scanners. Is it James, James Wood? Yeah, Scanners, <gasps> Scanners two. Scanner Cop, Scanner Cop to four. Like fucking so many Scanner fucking Are you films. fucking making this up? No, no mate. Of course no, not. Like, course like all these movies, there's 400 of them. Well, yeah. I haven't even seen the first one, but I can yeah. tell you, I, there's only ever danger of me watching the first one. Right. I won't be hey, watching Scanner facts. facts. Move on to what I think would be the best part, the, the soundtrack. Well, I was going to say Legacy first. Oh, Legacy, be, okay, go on. So, I mean, I think this is the only film I can think of personally where there's a trio of directors. That's certainly one of its unique selling points. 
the fact that it's become this obviously an absolute cult film and it did lead to a follow-up film Summer of 84 which I has anyone actually seen Summer of 84? No I haven't no I actually I hadn't heard of that until you um, your date I can't remember which one it, it was Stop like an me. hour ago <laughs> one of you mentioned it uh, yeah yeah so I, I am well, I need to watch that but, uh, but so, I know there's a sequel coming to Turbo Pit yeah yeah well yeah. that's the other thing as well but uh, in terms of scored soundtrack so if we get to that quickly I mean obviously a lot of it is 80s electronica and um, like <sighs> The whole movie sounds like one of those, you know, like those chilled playlists you'd find on Spotify. Like the yeah. whole thing sounds like that. And I actually think the the soundtrack by uh, it's by someone called Matos. I don't know anything about the movie. Le Matos. Le Matos. Sorry. It's electric. It's, it's electronic or it's fuck. Oh, it's electronic as fuck. Yeah. But Montreal's best synth. 80s rock yeah. there we yeah. go but it's what makes the film work like I actually think the soundtrack is a massive part of this it's amazing yeah and like don't get me wrong like it's like if you make like again to bring it back to the whole video game thing if you make like a video game now which is kind of like oh it's like an 80s video game and you, you use all the kind of visual tropes and stuff the soundtrack is this soundtrack it's very on the nose there's no two ways about it but like at the, the same time it, it totally works it's like just said, for the film if, if it had nothing to do with the film and as I said, it was one of those kind of Spotify playlists, like 80s synth chill. And they just played the soundtrack. You can totally imagine playing this on the background yeah. or playing it in the car when you're driving or something. But like that's that. the thing I, I love about it. How many films do you watch? It's just a, a, a hit tune. Yeah. And a hit tune goes with a hit movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't go that way. They didn't try and put somebody's music with it. They made music for this film. Yeah, yeah. And it was... So 80s, and it was so like. I mean, 15, it's almost it's 20 right. years later. Did you say Lamatos? Yeah. So the so he released the official music video for the track, which was it was the pre, it, it's called No Tomorrow, and it serves as the prequel for the original film. Oh, okay. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So the, so I mean, if you watch this film, just look for Lamatos Le, Le No Tomorrow. It's a prequel to this film, and not the prequel that we. Said, there are is, loads of tunes T, as well. For T him. is for Turbo. Yeah. Like, the thing is, even if you hated this film, like it's totally one of those soundtracks. Like I say, you just put them in the background. It's just super chill. But in the movie, it totally sets the tone for the whole thing. So I actually think it's one of the movie's strongest points is the uh, soundtrack and by Lamatos or Lamatos. Well, as, as, as we were watching, because musically, it's incredibly yeah. good. Dave, you and I watched this together, and yeah. I said to you because. Uh, uh, me and you, me and you have watched this together a, a couple of times, um, twice or three times, two, three times, yeah. And I said to you when we were watching this again, my my words to you were, Liam's going to love the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh yeah, so all the, no, the first thing he said was the soundtrack is it shouldn't belong to this film because we all knew that instantly it was going to be. 80s classics yeah and the film is quite budget but the music doesn't sound like that it just sounds like well, it it's, me- it's mega 80s, 80s but yeah. like I think it would have been easy it to do like a big hair yeah. kind of 80s rock thing but I don't think the fact that it kind of like it makes it a little bit more self-aware actually yeah. with the soundtrack because I think that music in it of stands itself, alone I'm it? not it's... convinced that 80s electronica which we think of which we listen to nowadays actually maybe existed I think it's like an interpretation <laughs> yeah, of the music yeah, that yeah, exists back then yeah. and I think that is one of the things that actually bring it out of the 80s and make it clearly a film that was made relatively you know it's a contemporary film but made to feel like an 80s film I think the soundtrack kind of gives that away but at the same time it's such a cool soundtrack and it works so perfectly with films that I, I've actually got no com- yeah. complaints um, in terms of um, video games I mentioned a few times the fact that it feels actually like an adaptation like it's similar to stuff like Dead Island uh, the totally underrated Rage 2. Um, I'm not sure if you ever played the Mad Max video game, which I 
fucking adore. Mad um, Max is fucking such a great it's game. It's such a great It's it, amazing. Well, same as Rage 2. It's also yeah. made by Avalanche. And it's such an outrageously great game. It, it kind of got kind of swept in the run at the time because the mechanics were relatively repetitive and it was like, oh, well, it's another open world kind of similar to Assassin's Creed. But that sense of like moving across the wasteland yeah, yeah. was so great and like upgrading your car. Basically, I just want that video game in this world, a bit more comedy, and you just upgrading your BMX. Yeah. And that would be absolutely perfect. Or something, an, another game which kind of maybe captures the more... Um, colourful side of this uh, movie is do you ever play Sunset um, Sunset Overdrive it was an Xbox One exclusive no I think it was by Insomniac absolutely amazing game the guys who made went on to make um, Spider-Man I think okay so like the traversal and everything's fantastic but again I just want it on a fucking BMX yeah. basically so in terms of if I was going to make a video game based on this film I would probably still go with Avalanche um, because they've, they've even got like a bit of a kind of history with working with like 80, 80-centric video games. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you ever played Generation Zero is one of their lesser-known no. games. It was actually made by Sy- Systemic Reaction, which was one of their kind of offshoot companies. But it's still Avalanche, basically. But either way, really what I want is just Mad Max by Avalanche, but with a BMX and with a bit more comedy and, you know, uh, Apple and the kid. That's it. So, so that's you, what I'm going to go for. So you were half-half in my head. But what I will say is that it's actually meant to be a video game of this coming out in 2022. At some mm-hmm. point, I mean, what, what, what are we on now? We're on December the twenty second. So whether or not it's coming out now, no, I don't we'll know. See, yeah. not but, really I mean, you're half in my head because I thought of Mad Max as well. But what I also thought of the bike riding element is Days Gone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. another great show. So Days Gone. I mean, you. But could it t- definitely needs a sense of humour because that game was glum as fuck. I love that game, but I'm. I'm I, I, I kind. Really I want to. No, game. no, I like that game. I just. Yeah. The lead character I thought was a bit of a fucking yeah. drip. I just yeah. thought a bit of levity wouldn't have. Wouldn't but have I mean, Days Gone was you can upgrade your motorbike and things like that. So but yeah, no, no, I think like yeah. in Desolate yeah. kind of wasteland, I think you know you replace the zombies with like I don't know fucking robots or just dudes with fucking weird. Yeah, you know, I mean, masks, that's I it. with a video game, you're gonna have to bring more robots into it as the yeah, the, yeah. instead instead of just Michael Ironside as the weird business robot. But uh, <laughs> so I think I, I just prefer yeah. Mad Max to. Before we move on to to scores or anything, Dave, do you have any video game ideas? Absolutely nothing. Well, no. the one thing I will say, I'm surprised that more video games haven't leaned into the BMX game because I was like, well, when was the last time we had an open world game which really leaned into BMXs? Dave uh, Mirror. <laughs> well, no, well, that was an open world game. No, the the one I thought was like um, San Andreas. Mm. That was like the last game where they, you know, I know you could drive cars, but there was a big emphasis, especially at the start of the game, where you were driving around like the the, the hood or whatever the fuck yeah. you want to call it on your BMX, and you could like level up your stats and stuff like that. And I was like, why haven't there been more games like that? So yeah, I, I definitely think a massive part of this video game should be the power glove and it should be the BMX. Yeah, and yeah, Dave's going to so Dave's going to yes. So we're going to move on to scores. Uh, surprise, surprise, we're going to make Liam last on this one. All right, cool. Because I'm uh, I'm like last week, I'm a bit afraid of what his score is going to be. So I'm going to go first. So for me, I would recommend this to others. I I absolutely adore this film. I I adore for the budget what they have tried to do and what they what they what they achieved. I think it's fantastic, and I I would like other people to watch this film. And to be fair, it's a four star for me. Like I I know that might sound a bit high, but I really really love this film, and I would watch it again. I really enjoy this film, and I think it's four stars. Fair enough. How about you, Dave? I, I 100% know what Rob's saying, and I love this film. I do. I just... I I watched it from beginning to end, 
couple of days ago and I loved it as much as the first time I watched it. It's not a brilliant film. I, it's, it's not a brilliant film. It's a film. fun film. It, it yeah. is a fun film. I think I can't give it a three, but I can't give it a four. So I think oh, I, I go th- I go three really and a half, good. three and a half. Okay. Maybe 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 three point five seven. <laughs> just to annoy. Oh, just to really fucking annoy. Yeah, me. just to annoy you. Well, yeah. I mean, I would. Give Hang on, it- sorry. Would you recommend this to us? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it's a brilliant film. It's just not a classic brilliant like. <laughs> it's a brilliant film. It's yeah. just not a brilliant film. Yeah. No, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's not the film that you say this is the best film of it. It's not the best film of it, but. It's such a good watch, and I love watching it. And that's why I can't give it a three. But I can't that's why he has to give it a three point yeah, five seven. seven. But I can't, yeah, of course, I can't course, give yeah. it a four because so yeah, you start looking at fours, and there's they're like Oscar winning films yeah. for me. So a three and a half point. Seven. seven, yeah, yeah. Enough. I'm sorry, that's all we have time for. So we can't listen to Liam's <laughs> score today. So we'll... well no, oh. it's, not, it's not going to be uh, surprising. It's not going to be all that revelatory. I mean, in terms of recommendation, I would only recommend it to certain people. Like the fact like that me. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you joke, 100. percent Yeah. If you hadn't seen this and I watched it, I'd be like, yeah, dude, you should totally watch it. You would love this film. I wouldn't just go recommending this willingly to anyone because I feel like you have to be a fan of genre cinema. You have to be a fan, realistically, of 80 cinema. So, uh, yeah, just random Joe blogs on the street. I wouldn't be like, dude, you have to see fucking Turbo King. It's too niche to just recommend to anyone. But, yes, to certain people, I would. And it's a three-star film. But it's a fun three-star film. Yeah, yeah I like, totally I, agree. I really enjoyed no, it. And even you saying, like, it's a four-star film. Like, you know, obviously I don't 100% agree. But I don't think that's an egregious opinion by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is fun. I think the core characters, uh, you know, great. I love their um, chemistry throughout. Michael Ironside chewing up the scenery is always fun. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, certainly coming from somebody, who, you know, who loves 80s cinema and loves all the tropes that they're going for, it's fun. It has its issues. It feels like a university project, but it's still great. And it's like, what, fucking 90 minutes long. So, yes. To be fair, three stars. And I would recommend this to certain people. I was really surprised that you gave it three stars, but I'm really pleased with that. So, that's absolutely I didn't hear three stars for it. I just he, he gave three. Yeah, he gave three. Yeah, I think I just heard him say. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of justification around. Yeah, three stars. Yeah. There was definitely three stars. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's absolutely fine. So we're going to recommend it to others. In Liam's case, we're going to recommend it to maybe certain, certain people. To you, basically. Yeah, basically to me. Uh, so actually, as that was our Christmas season. I'm sorry that Turbo Kid wasn't a Christmas film, but I mean... Here's what it is. We're, record, yeah. we're recording at Christmas. I'm literally looking at Rob's Christmas tree as we record this. So despite the fact that it's not a Christmas movie, we are recording at Christmas, yeah. so I think that kind of... Thank you for joining us for Turbo Kid. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we won't have an episode for you. We are taking a quick New Year's break, but we'll be back in early January with The Rocketeer. This is Darry's choice, and I think it's a fantastic choice. So please join us early January for The Rocketeer. Cheers, guys. We'll see you soon. Oh, and before we forget, here is Rob with all the finer details. Got to get through those, dude. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeyYouGuys80s. We're also on email at HeyYouGuys80s at gmail.com. Please feel free to drop us any recommendations, any corrections or omissions we may have missed from any of the films that we've covered. Just get them in. And also, if you could... Please leave us some five-star reviews. That would really help us. And we'd like to thank, as always, Darry Fletcher at Darry Doodles for the fantastic artwork that we're now producing. Thanks for that, mate. Cheers, Darry.
Yeah. Uh, and thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Are you